Jet X off the hook. Why are we talking shit about those guys? Off the hook. We are the hook, as in strong right hand hook. If you, you mess around and don't keep your manners about yourself. Also, you don't mess with Generation S because we was raised on Tupac and Willie, uh, Waylon and Biggie, you know, and we are fuck around and find out. We were full grown by the time we were nine years old, okay? We were out. Our parents didn't even know where we was. They'd kick us out at sunrise. We'd be seven miles away playing in the wishing motherfucker woods, probably poking a dead animal with a stick or building a sophisticated, dangerous ramp to jump our bikes off of, which most certainly would end in a broken bone. But don't come dragging that broken bone home to mama crying about it because she just going to put some methylate on it and kick your ass right back out of the house because you're letting all the cold air out. Mess around, make her electricity bill run sky high. We speak two languages, real shit and sarcasm. So you come up wanting to talk shit. We don't really keep take your feelings into consideration. Okay, we don't coddle to that. We grew up knowing that if you wanted something, you had to work for it. We didn't hand out participation trophies. If we lost, we lost. We took it with our chest out. We also understood that when you choose the behavior, you choose the consequence. And the majority of us were more scared of our parents than we were anybody else. You ever been bullied by your own parents? We were. That's why we don't have any feelings. So forgive us if uh, we find it real hard to take you serious when we're standing here drinking our um, strong black coffee and you're standing there in your skinny jeans um, sipping on your, you know, super mocha like a bullshit. We work full time anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week on a slow week. And you guys have trouble just getting out of bed. You consider it unfair if you have to go into the office. With no hard day's work if it kicked you in the ass. And from what I can tell, the majority of y'all, that's exactly what you need. We respect authority. And we understand that sometimes life ain't fair. You don't always get what you want. But you don't get to stand on a soapbox and cry about it. Then have everybody hand everything to you that you're bitching about. Because like I said, we are generation fuck around and find out. We will have no problem telling you just how much you got to fuck around to find out. And we pregame harder than you party, darling. And while we appreciate the fact that you're so opinionated, we come from a generation that understands opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Also, the majority of us are already over 40 years old, so we are single-handedly the generation that is keeping alcohol and ibuprofen in business. So go on and enjoy your day. I'm sure you're, you know, late for, like, goat yoga or some shit. Um, so we're going to go on and go to work. We're heading in now. I'm sure you don't know what that, that word means. But, um, you know, have the day you have don't fuck around with generation x good morning good morning good morning and welcome to the back porch conjurer i am e5 bayo <laughs> first i want y'all to know grab a grab a seat a chair pillow copper squat get a blanket hell sit right here on the stoop next to me get you something cold to drink something hot some water some tea some juice Hell, get you a chai tea latte. But know that it's 3 o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. Real talk. Man, let me tell you, I have had the time and the giggles of my life yesterday. Somebody was telling me I was a Gen X. Now, I know some of y'all may have heard about Gen X, millennials, and all of that. And I may say the word once or twice. But I didn't really deep down into it like, okay... But then, man, this sister had me dying yesterday because I said, hey, that was me. And my brothers and was like, because we Generation X, what the fuck? Man, when I tell you, 
If you didn't take your ass outside, you wind up cleaning up, doing laundry, wiping and washing down floors and walls. Yeah, we wash walls. Man, we had to move the, the, the fucking oven out of stove and sweep and clean behind that. And that was just a regular day. We ain't even talking about getting your house done before the holidays. Man, we swung on swings and flipped. We put our life in jeopardy every fucking day. We swung on the swings and flipped and jumped on the gate. We took our cousins, our little brothers and all of that up on the swing. Let me tell you, my brother is called, you know, let me take you up, right? That's what we call it. Let me take you up. Let me take you up on the swing. So you would sit there and they would put their feet on the side of you and they would pump all in your face. So hopefully the person... That was taking you up, smelled good. They took a bath that day or a ranch off. And sometimes they'll go so high that the swinger would flip over. Now, you better hold on for dear life. Now, then you get on the swing and jump off. Well, one time I jumped off. Man, when I tell you I had a knot in the middle of my motherfucking forehead because I didn't duck when the swing, when I flipped off. And the swing hit, caught me. Metal, metal. We rode on metal and a thick-ass block of wood with a chain. I didn't flip. I didn't duck. So the swing caught me in the middle of my goddamn forehead. When I tell you I had the knot the size of, you would think I had an extra head on there. No lie. I remember when Timothy, we used to throw bricks. And this dude named Timothy threw a brick and caught my fucking foot swollen. My mother and her would kick us out the house because it wasn't no running in and out. So we did drink out of water hoses and shit. We would go outside, free lunch. We had that when we was getting a little older. But we had free lunch. And hopefully a friend, moms, went shopping and her mother was cool with your mother. So you will get a sandwich or something. Or we'll do something for somebody. Run to the store or whatever because we going to make some money. We ain't outside just not doing that. My brother would go outside empty-handed and come back in with some goddamn money, a pair of sneakers, some some junk food, and a hero. Back then, heroes was a dollar fifty. I know, hard to believe. I I I tell myself that every fucking day, right? When I look at sandwiches, and a hero was a sandwich. You'll give either honey, ham, turkey, pastrami, cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, salt, pepper. Whatever the fuck you want on it. Onions, and you'll get it. Now, if you got friends or family with you, you better cut that motherfucker up in 90 ways. Now, my brother was a tight. Real talk. My brother, horse. God bless the day. If you ask him for it before he give it to you, he'd rather throw it away. Evil motherfucker. My cousin Anthony was the same way. If you ask him for something, he'd take a bite, take two or three bites, and then throw it away and be like, damn, you bad. But when you got something, oh, you can't give me none? No, nigga, you don't give me shit of yours. Oh, that's bad, bad. I'm, then you feel bad and you give it to them and guarantee you, the next time they got something, they still wasn't giving it to you. They throw it away. Yo, you beg too much. We learned how to play the dozens back then. We talk about your dead grandmama, your gay, bisexual father or dad. We didn't give a fuck. We didn't have a place where it was sacred or a safe space. No, we had the dentist come to the school or sometimes we'd ride out with complete strangers. Your mother just signed a form. She didn't check. There was no vetting. There was no, oh, uh, no. But see, we went outside. We learned how to fight. We weren't worried about the kidnappers. Shit, that, they might have gave us a better life than what we had, for real.
there was a TV show that would come on at 10 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Mine, you know where your kids are? She look at me and say, sometimes I wish I didn't. What? You knew to have that house clean before your mama came back home from work or that ass was grass. It wasn't no, let's talk, go sit in the corner. No, you got your ass tore up with whatever was reachable. Stitching cord, slipper, shoe, lettuce, whatever they can grab, they was going to knock the shit out of you. It wasn't no, oh my God, I'm triggered. Tri triggered? Call. Back then, we called the BCW. Excuse me, BCW. Call. That motherfucking call to be around your neck before you finish the sentence. Or they'll pack your ass up and gladly send your ass away. What? What? We were latchkey kids. My kids grew up as latchkey kids, too. So, that's the second conversation. But anyway... I mean, it's latchkey kids. You knew not to open that motherfucking door. I don't give a fuck if Jesus was on the other side. Mom, don't open the door. Don't open the door. Make cook. My brother would cook a whole fucking meal. Mm-mm. I remember one year, my sister didn't take out the chicken to throw her. Man, when I tell you she got her ass whooped, it wasn't no gentle in parents. My mother and them didn't know what the fuck that was. So my mother was a baby boomer. My father was a silent. So they didn't know what... Gentle parenting is, oh, let's talk about your feelings. I know you fucking lying. My mother had one fucking sentence. You run your mouth, I run my house. I got 21 windows. You're welcome to fly, float, jump, crawl, zoom out of any one of them. I run this fucking house. What? That was it. And on the first of the month, if you had friends, rent was due. If you were at that age to pay rent. And goddamn it, any age was the age to put some money on the table. What? Uh, we didn't go to people's houses empty-handed. See, my mama and them, but see, they told you how they felt. It wasn't no, girl, I'm going to go on social media. We didn't have that. I'm going to go and take a picture. No, we showed up. See, we, we, we didn't have GPSs and all that to look for our friends. You circled around the block where all the motherfucking bikes at. That's where everybody at. Or if you need a bike. I remember me and Edie, we was looking because we wanted to go over to 118th. Shit, we ran into the projects. We saw two bikes. We rode those motherfuckers all day. Yeah, somebody going to run up to you. Yo, give me my bike here. But the bike was for anybody. Now, you better know how to fight or you better have family members that knew how to fight. Because sometimes people will come up to you. Oh, I'm going to fuck you up. What? And then you'll hear, nah, nah, that's horse little sister. Leave her alone. Or nah, 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 that's Raheem's daughter. Leave her alone. God bless the dead for both of them. So, yeah, yeah. But we we rode on, coming from school, we rode on the special. We fought. We fought. Old people, young people. But we still were respectful. If we saw Miss Johnson come in, we'd put our blunt to the side. We ain't going to curse. So we gave people, moms and daddies and them respect. They could say what they want, but we'd gently move ourselves out of the, the, the area where they talking. We ain't getting grown people conversations. We didn't have a, a choice of sitting in the house and chilling and saying, no, it's too many people outside. I can't go out. I know you fucking lying. You either get thrown out, pushed out, or beat out. There, there was no in-between. We wasn't going to sit around in a circle of feelings. No, 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 no. We learned how to cook. We learned how to grocery shop. We learned how to do laundry. Yeah, from the age of six on up, we learned, we, you had to carry your fucking weight, uh-uh, and you babysitted your brother or your cousin. My brother and them was 11 and 10, babysitting me at six and five. 
And the number one rule, don't let nothing happen to your sister or don't come back here because I'll kill you. I was in the fucking uh, salt mines. We could have fell down there on the train tracks, jumping. Don't touch the third rail, okay? And now I got to count this. One, two. Look, this one. Don't touch this one or your ass going to die. We're going to leave you here. So now I'm getting threatened by my parents and my siblings. So I was... 13, 12, in the city, in the village, smoking joints and chilling. What? At, my mother didn't come home until 7 a.m. So we was out there till 12, 1, sometimes 2 o'clock in the morning in the city. What? You pissed outside or wherever you can piss. They'll be like, yo, why your little sister out here? Won't you mind your business? What? I'm sitting there smoking a joint, being everybody business, but I have one rule. Whatever you see here, stay here. I wish you would tell somebody. And I sure didn't. I didn't. Because I knew that ass whooping from my siblings was much better. You want to sneak and take a drink, you get caught. They'll pour a whole motherfucking gallon of goddamn Gordon's Gin down your throat. So no, and lock you in the closet. Yeah, we know how to survive. I'm like, yo, wow, we, we had beepers. We had to run to a dirty-ass payphone and call that number back. 911, HOE was the whole 304. Like, we had codes. We knew codes. We broke down all kinds of shit. But, yo, we weren't lazy. That's why Gen X's, they don't know how to retire, and they definitely don't know how to give up. What? We're built for this. They made us this. We know how to take a disrespect, a dragon, and all of that. This is why it was so funny, because all that shit that happened to me, you know, my girlfriend was like, you a Gen X, that's why the shit didn't bother you. I said, well, all those other people, I don't know where the fuck they were raised. Like, you showed up. And I know those people were looking like, this bitch is showing up. Yes! Where else was I supposed to go? And they were like, yo, you were a real Gen Xer. Oh, okay. That's what that is? Alright. But, yo... We were the type with we didn't we went to your house. We didn't get on the phone. We didn't have social media and we'll drag you and post your business and screenshots. No, we are, we patient. We know we're gonna run into you. And when we do, it's on site. On site, Gen X has made that on site. On site. Like, we ain't got time to play. And then afterwards, yo, go about your day. We go on about ours. We don't give a fuck. Like, yo, it is what it is. You did what you did. I did what I did. Move on. We ain't holding that shit. We got other things to do. Because we knew our parents said, clean the house, get the mail, don't touch shit, don't talk to shit. And God forbid, my, we got kidnapped. Yeah, that shouldn't have been over there. Who the fuck told you to go over there? I sent you down the block at Miss Willie May house. Why the fuck you over there on somebody else's block? Well, tell the kidnappers to keep your ass then, because I ain't paying for no fucking ransom. How much is it anyway? Oh, they want a million to tell them they can keep you for free. What? I remember when the kids, no shade, fell down in the, in the cage, right? And my kids had asked me, Ma, what would you have did if we would have fell down in the monkey cage? Well, your ass wanted to be down there, so I guess you would stay there. Tell the monkey's your parents now. Tell them uh, you got an allergy to penicillin, so you got to take alternative, okay? All right. Talk to you later. Bye. 
They were like, are you serious as hell? Ain't nobody tell you to jump. You don't got no motherfucking home training. Ain't nobody tell you to jump on no goddamn cage or nothing. Your ass supposed to stand here with all the rest of the people and watch. Why your cuckoo ass want to jump over there? Well, now you belong to the monkeys. Have a great life. For real. My daughter was like, you are really, really. She was like, yeah, yeah. So now the second part was so funny because a young girl had did, um, a content she did a video about being raised by a gen x and i was like yo that listen my son and me was talking the other day and he was like yeah i was listening to this podcast i said hold on wait you listen to podcasts you never listen to mine so later be my, my son don't listen right so at first i said damn you don't listen to my podcast he was like, no, it's not about you. No, no, no. Pause, pause, pause. You don't listen to my podcast? He was like, no. So I hung up. He texted back, I know you're not uh, hanging up on me. I sent him the link to my podcast. <laughs> Real talk. And have not talked to him since yesterday. And guess what? I give zero fucks. My daughter, so I'm telling her the story. She said, Ma, I don't listen to your podcast. Click. Click. Unbothered. I'm bothered because you know why? They didn't need me before I need them. But then my daughter comes over this morning, right? And she was letting me hear my granddaughter. She, you know, singing a song that they sung in 40 in public school. Now I heard this song early in the morning. I heard this song when I went up to the school. I heard this song at night before they go to bed. I heard this song all day on a Saturday or Sunday. I know this song like the back of my heart. And let me just recite it to you because I'm not going to sing it. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I'm a great big bundle of potentiality. I am learning how to read and write and I'm trying with all my might. I'm a possibility being anything that I want to be, right? Dr. Roach made that goddamn song or gave that song to him. I don't know the details, right? Or why he brought that song to the school. But I know I heard that song 50 million fucking times. So my daughter comes over and tells me, my, listen, I bet you don't know this song. Now I'm singing the song with her, with my granddaughter as she playing the video. And she go, oh, I said, I heard that goddamn song every day of my life. I said, hey, let me ask you a question because you're over here in my house and I don't know why you're over here early in the morning. How does it feel to be raised by Generation X? Parent. She was like, I am traumatized. I am triggered. Oh my God, y'all are the worst. What? I was like, excuse me? Y'all, I'm triggered. I said, for real? Let me tell y'all about these children that are now in their 20s, well, their 30s, their early 30s and late 30s. They are full of shit because they were raised by the true G's. I don't give a fuck what no one says. Argue with your mama and not me. Because right now, those ones that are in their 30s, they speak their fucking mind. They say what they want to say and they mean it. And they don't have a problem with questioning you and telling you, no, you're wrong and it's some bullshit. Where did they get that from? From their fucking Generation X parents. Don't let them fool you. Those kids are full of shit. And I'm going to always say it. These are the children that are in their early 30s and late 30s that will stand there and look at you dead in your eye and be like, I know you fucking lying. And will say, what the fuck is on their mind from their bosses to everything. Why? Because we didn't have a respect for authority. So they definitely don't have a respect for it. Now we fucked up along the way because somewhere along the line, they want to question our answers. 
And they forget that we don't have a problem with knocking them the fuck out. See, that part. That part is the part they forget. And we let them go to a certain amount. Because we'll say, no, speak your piece because you need to be heard. And then they go extra and then they want to add that extra shit on there. And then I look at them and be like, damn, Jesus, you want them today? Today, Lord? No, not today. They got things they got to finish. I'm supposed to go first. But then they'll keep on it. Boop, boop. Knock them out. And keep on going. And we'll call them tomorrow. Hey, how you doing? You okay? All right. All right. I think you you kind of forgot who you were talking to. But okay. All right. Yeah. But those children are full of shit. Because they're the ones that will stand there and throw the rock at the president. And stand there and say, yeah, I did it. And what? So, don't let them fool you. And I'm looking at her like, you just sat here and cursed everybody out and did all of that with those people in your class. And now all of a sudden you're going to sit here and say you are traumatized. <laughs> no, you're not. You're full of shit. <laughs> Don't play with me. Play with somebody. Find somebody else to do it. Real talk. So it's funny. It is It is funny to learn that. Uh, the sister that was speaking, that shit was funny as hell because we were raised by Willie Nelson, Tupac, Biggie. And everybody else. And we knew music. We knew outside. We. This is why I laugh when people go, oh, my God, I live for the Internet. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I'm going to find something useful to do afterwards. No. And then, right now, back then, our TV shut off. We can binge. Oh, my God. We will get deep into We are the generation that talk back to the TV and all of that. God damn it. We gonna voice our fucking opinion because we were outside. Now, we also do come from the generation of it takes a village because if you were down down the block and Miss Willie May saw you acting up, she calling your parents, you getting your ass. You, and if Willie May was there at your birth, she get ready to whoop your ass and then your mama, your daddy, and everybody else that your mama done called and told them that you was acting a goddamn fool. But see, we also knew what family was at the end of the day. Because, see, we all came together on Sunday. We all came together on Easter wearing them horrible fucking clothes. But still, them goddamn polyester suits and all of that. But we knew. And we took pride in what we did. See, that's lost right now. Take pride in what you do. I don't give a fuck if you the janitor, the bellhop, the elevator guy. Yeah, we really had people. Working the elevator. Remember when uh, Small World, Young World, no, Small World, and Children's World, that shit on Jamaica Avenue, they had a guy working the elevator. I used to, it's amazing to me. But anyway, you took pride in what you did. You knew what honest labor, you knew what honest labor was. And you you, you took care of home. Now, you might have had an extra family down the block or on the other side of town. Still took care of both of them. Tried your best to be in each one life. And women, you worked and you took care of family. But you also stood your fucking ground. I remember when, and I said, yo, that's me. I remember when Marlon Wayans and Damon Wayans and them was on Oprah Winfrey. And uh, I tell you the era where we, we didn't play a game. And my mom and them didn't either. And so his father came up there and told the teacher, if one of my kids act up, you have permission to, you know, discipline them. So Marlon Williams said, well, I mean, Damon Williams said, um, 
or Marlon. I forget which one. It was Wayne, okay? Because I know Sai told me y'all is. Oh, my God, it was this one. Y'all ain't got a fact check. But it was an interview on Oprah. Anyway, they act up. Well, their father didn't come up. It was their mother. And the mother asked, why did you put, you know, why did you hit my child? So the teacher said, <laughs> well, your husband said, if they act up, I have, you know, permission to discipline them. She said, when he have kids, you could discipline them all day. These are mine. You don't put your hands on them. You call me. My mother and them were the same way. My father say, oh, if they act out, you tear their ass up. My mother would come and be like, when he have his kids and he birthed them out his ass, then you could do whatever he say. But at this point, you call me. Call Barbara. And I'll take care of them. Not you. Don't put your fucking hands on them. They mine. I'll take care of them. And she meant that. What, baby? Don't come for... Oh, and a lot of other parents. I remember it was a mama. She punched the fucking teacher through the door. Don't put your hands on them. See, back then, and you had some teachers that that stay on their guard. Miss Jacobs and them, your kids act up and you ain't doing nothing. We done called you and you ain't come up here. Oh, we going to tear their ass up. You come up, then we going to handle it. We going to, you know, these teachers nowadays, oh, my God. Some of them are fighting back. But, see, the part was, Miss Thomas and them, they had kids. And if you fucked with their mom, they was up there. And it was on site. What? You didn't disrespect somebody's mama. I don't give a fuck what she was. The lunch lady. I remember Bruce and the mom, God bless the dad. Yo, you he was up there like, yo, is we got a problem? These new teachers now, like, yo, you hit their mom and it's it's on site. Listen, I don't know if this lady was a teacher, but I remember being on Jamaica Avenue, sitting in Starbucks across the street from Old Navy. And there was kids used to be on Jamaica Avenue. Kids used to be standing out there. A lady, dressed really cool, was walking through. She was trying to walk through the crowd. And a girl reached over and smacked her for no reason. I'm sitting there looking out the window. And all the lady did was move, you know, try to get in the crowd. And she was, you know, you see her mouth because I couldn't hear. Say, excuse me, right? And one of those girls smacked the shit out of her. Well, grandma or mama wasn't having it. She went to blows. And in the process, when they separated, you see her pull out her phone and make a call. Baby, it wasn't. That's how I knew she was local. It wasn't even a full three minutes. Those cars rolled up. And guess what? They didn't care who it was. They was on site and everybody asked that was in that fucking crowd. They was beating the shit out of people. And we... So... It was funny because Starbucks locked the door, right? And then, you know, they they have the thing that come down for the window. I was like, uh-uh, no, no. They was like, well, we have to put it halfway down just in case. They ain't got no bricks or bats. They got fists. Like, they fighting. Now, I don't think they're going to throw somebody through the fucking glass, but they were fighting. They were fighting. When I tell you, all those, it was three fucking trucks that pulled up. And all they did was jump out. They saw mama or grandmama, whoever she was to them. She nodded. Baby, they hit everybody that was in that fucking crowd. They didn't give a fuck if they was innocent, guilty, whatever. On site. I was like, oh, shit. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is why I'm a strong believer of you don't know who knows who. 
and you don't know what people are capable of. I put up a, a post with T.S. Madison talking about, you know, you had plenty of times to confront me, talk to me, call me, but instead you chew violence. Most people think that, and let me tell you, this is the, I want y'all to really get out of this way of thinking. Most people will pop shit and in their mind, oh, they'll never see me. When I tell you this world is small, small as hell, the most smallest world you can ever imagine. You never know who know who. You never know what, where, why, how. You don't know who's traveling where. You don't know whose circle is connected to whose circle. I'm not saying be a punk, but be mindful. It was a story. It was true. This dude was online fucking with these other Baba Lows and stuff. And he just assumed, because he was in New York, that nobody would see him. And all these other people were from Detroit and, you know, uh, Florida and all that. Well, they had this big drumming and everybody wanted to be there, right? And they all got there. When that dude jumped out that cab and he saw all those Baba Lows that he was fucking with, he jumped back in the cab and got the fuck out of Dodge. You don't know who knows who. Real talk. So when you start threatening people and wanting to do, telling people you're doing voodoo to them and things like that, some people don't care. They, they got patience. Man, some people got the patience of Job. They don't give a fuck their weight. Let me tell you something, right? My niece disrespected my brother, my oldest brother. He told my brother and he told her mother. He said, I don't give a fuck if I'm in a wheelchair. I'm going to see her. My niece sneaks up to New York, y'all, because she ain't, she ain't going to let my brother see her. And he, he don't advertise. He told the proper people that need to be told. He told my, her father and he told her mother. Right? I don't say nothing because I know how my brother is. I know he's going to be the sweetest person, everything. But when he show up and she there... Oh, I don't give a fuck. She could be with a man. She could be with a cousin. She could be with a mama. She could be with her daddy. My brother is going to pimp smack the shit out of her. Real talk. Real talk. He is. And he has every right. Right? Every right. He has every right. You know why? Because my brother will bend over backwards for all his nieces and nephews. He will. And he will give you money. He will help you financially. He will do all that without expecting anything in return. So he helped my niece. She turned around and called his wife and wanted more help. So my brother said, no, I just helped her. No, that's it now. It was too much. And she called him a fucking faggot and cursed him out and all of that. He said, I'm not even going to argue with her. I'm going to wait until I see her. Here it is, a person that will do anything and everything for you because they love you. Some people like to take advantage of that. And when you do, my brother... He was the littlest one damn near, but he will fight anybody. He didn't give a fuck. And he has every right. And he called her mother and he called her father. Right? My brother already know. My brother man knows that when our brother see his daughter, he going to smack. He going to kill her, but he going to put a whooping on her ass. He could be in a wheelchair. He will run her the fuck over and beat her with a cane. He don't care. He going to get his lick back. Now, the part that's going to be funny because she got a man or a boyfriend or whatever. Now, this is the part. Because, see, let me tell y'all about being raised by baby boomers and silent 
that's them silent um, generations. They ain't believing you fight one, that was it. No, you fight one, you better fight all of us. All of us. We were in a school where my aunt had 11, my other aunt had three, and my mother had five. We were all in school together. Real talk at one year. So you called one, you called all of us. And there was a lot of big families growing up back then. You had the Potters. Man, you had you had the Potters. You had the Nelsons. Like, there, there was a lot of big families, right? And the West... It was a lot of the West. Um, so you didn't you didn't want either you tried to make a stake in there or you got related to somebody through marriage, but you fought one, you fought all. Everybody coming out that fucking house, everybody coming up to that school, everybody that's why when that lady I said, Oh shit, they were raising their era we was. Like that's something we would have done. My mother would have called. What? We're all up there. We ain't asking questions, yo, who hit who? We coming and swinging on site. So, <laughs> my niece wasn't raised in that era, and her friends wasn't neither. So, when he do pop up, and I, would, I wouldn't expect any less that her man say something, but he ain't ready for that ass whooping we gonna give him if he do decide to say something. Play her, let her get her ass smacked and move on. Okay, all right, get your girl, you heal her wound, and we all right. You good? Okay. Because it won't be no other way. Not at all. At all. At all. You you made this bed. Baby lying. Real talk. Let me tell you, when I was pregnant with my my son, with Daquan, man, I used to fuck with my brothers and them, and they couldn't hit me because I was pregnant. My brother said, when you had that baby, we're going to whoop your ass. I came home from the hospital. They gave my son to Teresa, my brother Robert, my sister Denise, and my brother man beat the dog shit out of me. And they picked me up. It was like, yo, you ain't dead. <laughs> go ahead. Teresa, take the baby in the house. Go upstairs and get the room ready so your baby can go upstairs. And they was playing with my son. I'm saying, I ain't the fucking house. I'm crying and everything. But I, I knew they was coming. I just didn't think they was going to come right after I had a baby. Real talk. I got my ass beat out the frame where they was beating the shit out of me. For real. My lip was busted. I would have fucking scars all over my body. And my mother going to stand there in the door. Well, talking shit. Yeah, yeah. I hate this fucking house. I ain't say that out loud. But I was like, I hate this house. And then I was watching a video where a girl was talking about how her mama <laughs> was Gen X. And they were talking. And she said, in our family, we talk loud. She said, my mother told me, get your kids, get you, and get the fuck out. She said, my mother kicked me out and my kids. She said, I felt so bad. I said, you felt bad? I remember when my daughter Ish was getting on my fucking nerve. Get you and your goddamn kids and go home. We are bye. See you later. And I dressed them all, even the babies. I dressed everybody. Gonna take your ass home because you getting on my nerves. Either I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, beat you with your kids, or beat you and your kids. So get out. And five, her, her, her baby daddy was like, yo, your mom's really kicked us out. She said, yeah. And then she needed either some, some potatoes or some onions or something. She said, call, call your grandmother and tell her we need potatoes. So her baby father was like, yo, she just kicked you out. And 
I need some potatoes. I ain't going to no snow. I said, you better send somebody to get it because I sure ain't walking over there to bring it to you. And that was it. We grew up, we'll argue today, and five minutes later, we good. You good? You good. Now, there was certain shit you didn't come back from. I don't give a fuck who you are. Certain shit you ain't come back for. Hurting a kid, hurting an old person. Uh, you can't come back for certain things. Especially, you know, if it weren't warranted and you just being an ass. You know, growing up and I already crack shit became something. And, you know, we saw the drug dealers, the pimps, the prostitutes. We saw all that. And we was outside with them. Shit, we was outside with them. We saw people get kidnapped. We saw shit all through the world. So, and we went to school the next day. We didn't have that counselors are coming to kind of uh, talk you through it if you have any. We didn't have that, but we also didn't have nobody coming to no school shooting up a fucking school neither. We didn't have that. We didn't have uh, triggers. We didn't have gluten shit. We didn't even know what the fuck gluten was. If you can kill it, fry it, well, kill it, clean it, and fry it, put it on some bread. And you eat it. That's it. That's all. We didn't. We didn't have. We had a voice, but certain things, kids were seen instead of heard. Now we do have a, a lot of things we got to work with because we ain't dealing with emotions, and we really are that generation that we don't give a fuck. You know, it is what it is, and let's move on. But we also had to take care of ourselves and we had to deal with our own trials and tribulations. So we learned how to survive and we learned how to tuck things under the fucking carpet when it comes to our emotions and our feelings. Somebody hurt us, we knew what revenge was, but we also knew what patience. But we, unless you had good family where, you know, if somebody bothered you and you told, yeah, we all gonna go and fuck them up. But we didn't have that part where you sat down and talked about it and healed. No, we shut the fuck up and let's move on. You good? Yeah, let's go. And that's it. You know, um, I remember just going through a lot of things growing up. And my brothers and them was like, yo, you good? And I was like, yeah. I remember walking in the projects and this dude jumped over the fence. I'll never forget that shit. It was like about three in the morning. Real talk. I was... 12, 11, and I was walking in the process. He was like, yo, shorty, where you going? And I knew he wasn't from there because he wasn't. I never saw that dude again. But um, I just, I had on flip-flops, which my mother used to always tell me, stop wearing those goddamn things. Those are in-house, you know. Back then, we didn't wear flip-flops outside. You know, that was a jail thing. So I wore them, and I ran down those shits. I ran up on Godbro Boulevard 109 barefoot, and Ricky Choker, God bless the dead, all of them was out there. And I was like, he's chasing me, chasing me, and I dropped. Man, they beat the shit out of that dude. They beat the shit out of him. And the next day, I got up, you know, supposed to be shaking from that. Like, you know, and my brother and them looked. They was like, yo, you okay? Yeah, come on then, let's go. What? Come on, we're going to the park. Come on. Yo, free lunch grade to start. And that was it. No more smoking about it. Like, shit. That was it. And and you lived. You got to live another day. You know, somebody argue with you. Somebody did something. You fight. And 
get up the next morning, whatever, you got wounds or whatever, you nurse those shits back and shit, tussy and rope and tussy and all that was our friend. <laughs> Green liquid. Shit, which y'all know it's palm olive. Mm. But we knew how to, we didn't know how to survive. You could ride down that hot ass sliding boy. Shit was hot. Not many burns we had. Broken down fucking merry-go-rounds in the projects. Getting cut up. But you still rode on that motherfucker. <laughs> still rode on it. Man, we were in places with fucking metal monkey bars. Metal. Metal. Fucked up seesaw. Swings that was made out of metal and wood. Big plucks of wood. We didn't have straps and we rode in the back of fucking pickup trucks or we didn't know what was a fucking seat belt. You fall, better get your ass back in the truck or you're going to be left. You know how we learn how to swim? Push your ass in the pool. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There was nothing else. Catching lightning bugs. Playing rooftop. Jumping from roof to roof. Lighting firecrackers. Taking the the um, lighter fluid and writing your name in the street and then setting it on fire. Taking burlo pads, clinging it to a coat hanger and setting it on fire and twirling it around. Better have a hat on because if you got pretty hair, it's going to get, you'll be on fire. But guess what? None of us would trade those days in. Sitting outside in the middle of the night on a cold, cool, cool summer night. Eating a hot dog or a sandwich. Playing with your friends, roundup, red light, green light. Mother may I. Yo, hopscotch, devil dutch. Listening to music, live bands was the best thing in the world. Appreciate music. Listening to the words, dancing, doing the freak, the bus stop, the hustle, and enjoying every moment of being a kid. Creating something, riding on skateboards, go-karts, <laughs> making slingshots, zip guns, playing skelly in the middle of the goddamn street. Taking a can and scraping it on the ground and turning on the goddamn fire hydrant and playing in the water. What? Priceless. Priceless. First day of school in September. Smelling that new school smell. Going to meet friends because you enjoy it in the summer. Or meeting new friends. Man, that... that Junior high school crush. We got stories for days. Came home, did your homework, took the chicken or the ground beef out, let it thaw. Or if your parents went to work in the mornings, you took that shit out in the morning. It was good and thawed when you got home. Or my mother would come home in the mornings. She'd be there at seven and she's sleeping. She ain't had to be to work until 6 or 7 at night. My pops worked in different clubs. So during the day, they were home. 
You think we would want to fuck up and have our parents come to our school? Let me tell you, I've seen parents come up to school and tear their kids' ass up. See, parents, teachers, they love that part. I remember my mother when their school called Miss Pruitt, fucking principal of ISA. She said, step toes, your mother's coming. It's like, our mother ain't coming. She turned that corner, me and my brother, me and hauled ass home. And everybody's laughing, ah, she ain't whooping my ass in front of y'all. What? Y'all must be crazy. We ran all the way home, whoop our ass in the house, lady. I know you lying. <laughs> but it was. It brought me down memory lane, man. You know, um, I remember graduating from school, PS40. Our teacher, Mr. Falks, some of uh, classmates are still friends till this day um man some of them are no longer here you know um just to see how we've all changed and grown and still have that part of seeing what's up you know seeing people and appreciating them seeing where they went where they came from and where they are today it is a blessing every single day you know, I remember our friend Jason. We was great to graduate out of PS40. Jason was uh, Nita and Baby Wise's little brother. And they were up on the train tracks. And, you know, everybody played on the train tracks. So they'd put rocks up there. And, you know, trains would hit it, make it hit a car or something, you know. But somewhere along the line, he either froze when he saw that train coming or he got stuck. No one really knows, but he died. He got hit by a train. That was the worst part because we graduated without him. You know, um, lost a lot of friends. A lot. A lot of friends. Drugs. Killed. Uh, I remember one of our homegirls that we went, you know, we went to school with. They ran up in her crib and killed everybody in there. Even the babies. Killed everybody. Everybody. That shit was crazy. Um, we, we, we dealt with a lot. You know, we dealt with death. You know, we dealt with police brutality and its roars. We dealt with racism. We, we dealt with a lot. And even with all of that, we still find some goodness in it. For real. We found some goodness in it. We didn't allow our dark days to overpower us. You know, we did. We had to be grown at nine because we had responsibilities. Our parents made us the babysitter, the cook, the we had to go to the store. The kids, you know, these kids ain't doing that nowadays. You take a, uh, a seven-year-old to the store with a note to get a pack of cigarettes and uh, a dollar worth of, uh, of bologna and uh, a gallon of milk or a half a gallon of milk or a carton of milk and some bread and credit. What? Ain't nobody doing that nowadays. Like, yeah, I would go to the store and get Lucy's and get cigarettes for my pops and them. My father smoked cools. 
You know, learn how to smoke at a young age. I was in public school when I learned how to smoke on the dare. Me, Gloria, and uh, me, Nene, and Kim was in the bathroom. And they dared me to smoke, and I did it. And shit, I just started smoking. Back then, it was cool. And shit, I smoked all the way up until. It has been nine years since I stopped smoking. And I would smoke. I ain't give a fuck. Who lungs? What? Get your kids away from me now. And I always stayed high. I smoked weed. Shit. Till my son was in kindergarten. Took my weed to school. Little fucker. And you would think I would have stopped. I didn't. But just one day I woke up and I was like, ah, I don't, I'm going to go to church. I ain't going to smoke no more. And I just stopped smoking weed. It wasn't fun no more. You know, and we didn't have a problem with that. But, you know, most people don't understand our forwardness. Like, we're going to say what it is and, and that's it. But most people see that as intimidating and aggressive. I'll call it what you want. We, at least you know where you stand with us. And it's funny because they do call us the forgotten generation. Because we ain't bothering nobody. We was always outside. So, you know how you find us, Generation X? Look where all the bikes in the front of the yard. That's where we at. How about that? How about that part? You want to find us, look around your neighborhood and see where all the bikes at. And that's where we at. And most likely in this day and age... We show laying in the house playing on nobody's iPad or whatever. So you're going to have to go back a few centuries, a couple of decades to go and find us because we still chilling outside. See, we did our dumb shit and ain't no proof of ours. <laughs> That's why we're such a great generation. And you know what? I'm happy to be a Gen Xer. I'm happy to hold that title. Thank you very much. Thank my parents for screwing that time to make me born in the year that I was. And us OGs are anywhere from 1965 to 1970. So if you were born in that age of that year, then welcome of being a Gen Xer. Because we have zero fucks to give. We will call you out on your bullshit. We will stand against the world if we have to. Because we're going to let you know that. We believe in what we say. And we definitely are from that, the beginners of fuck around and find out. And opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. So we don't care. We don't. But we give thanks. Now, before I leave, I normally play music. And I love this song right here. So it reminds me of growing up, you know, Southern household. My pops used to always tell us stories, man. I love it. I get it honest.
He'd always stop right there and say, That's something to be proud of. That's a life you can hang your hat on. That's a chin held high with a tear fall down. That's a kid, just a guy like a small town flag of flying. Or a newborn baby crying. In the arms of a woman that you love. That's something to be proud of. Catch me on Conversations with Ephi Bayo tonight at 8 o'clock on Facebook Live. Catch me also on YouTube. Welcome to come on through and talk a little bit. Talk about yourself. Promote you. Always don't be embarrassed or ashamed of how you were raised or what you what situations you in now. Like, all of this is, believe it or not, it is helping you to be the better person. Man, my father and them used to tell us, when you down there and you on your ass, those are where you learn life lessons that you'll never forget. So, wherever you are now in this day and age, be grateful, be thankful. When you're thankful over the small things, man, the blessings come. We get so caught up in what other people are doing and comparing ourselves and, you know, being down on ourselves because we become our own worst critic. And we give up because we get, you know, 
we get discouraged and we just get depressed. Nah, you're right where you need to be. I don't give a fuck. And I know it may sound harsh, but it's real. I remember somebody telling me that when I was living in the homeless shelter. I was like, what? They was like, yo, you right where you need to be. And to be honest, now that I think about it, they were right. I wasn't out living in the box. I had a three hots in a cot. And it was right where I needed to be. Because wherever I ended up at, I appreciated more. See, you would know a person that didn't have anything. See, I wasn't raised with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't come from millionaires. I'm my millionaire. I can't go to family members and be like, yo, can you give me 10000 Shit, they look at you like you're crazy. They say, you want to play it? I made some pinto beans and rice back there with some cornbread. You welcome to that. But I ain't got no fucking 10000 What? To get to you? Shit. Uh-uh. I didn't, I didn't come from that. So anything that's dealing with money manifestations or all that, it got to come from me. So I can show my kids and my grandkids that it's doable. And it's okay if you don't have it all figured out right now. It's a method to God's madness. My mother used to always say that. I used to be like, yo, we ain't had no lights. It's a method to God's madness. And baby, she ain't lying. It is. Wherever you end up at, you made an appointment to be there. Change the narrative. Stop being down on yourself and walk walk with your head held high, your chest fucking poked out, and say, I am grateful. I'm grateful for the good, the bad, the indifference, the obstacles, the challenges, the blessings. I'm grateful for it all because I'm here to live to tell the story. And my shit ain't finished yet. And I'm not giving my pen to nobody else to write my story. I write my own story. God gave me this life. So I'm the author, the director, the producer, the cast member, all of that. I write my own shit. And the beauty of get it how you live it. You don't need to ride on nobody's coattail. You don't need to kiss nobody's ass. You don't need none of that. Be you. Be authentic. There's enough actors and actresses in this fucking world today. We need real people. People that stand on it. People that believe in it. People that know, yo, this is me. With a little room for improvement and a little room to learn something new. If it fits you. Because everything ain't for everybody. And I believe that. I don't need to be under every table. I don't need to be around everybody. And I definitely don't ride nobody's coattail. I make my own momentum. I build my own lane. I don't give a fuck. Listen, y'all better watch the field of dreams. You build it, they'll come. They just wait for you to build it. We get discouraged because it ain't happening overnight. Shit, it took me 12 years to, to get where I'm at. And I'm not where I should be. But guess what? I'm not where I used to be. So, keep doing you. Be happy of whatever generation you was raised in. Own that shit. And make you happy first. Deal with whatever traumas and triggers you're going through. Don't hurt nobody else. You ain't got to douse nobody else's flame so your shit can shine bright. Be you. And congratulate people. Oh, shit, you made it. All right, great. Oh, my God. You don't even got to ask you how you did it. Put me on. No, I'm grateful. I'm clapping for you. Yo, congrats. And move on. 
Stop trying to compare yourself to people. Okay, they made it. You Are you willing to do what they did to get to where they at? Because I don't think so. I really don't. I don't. I truly don't. We always say, oh my God, I want it more than I can breathe. Really? 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 Because you're in a relationship that's failing or you might be somewhere, you got poor money management skills and all of that. Come on, change that shit. God ain't going to bless you with millions of dollars if you can't even control the $20 you got. God ain't going to bless you with a good person if you're not good to yourself. We got to first take care of our shit. 